Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. Welcome to a very special Culture Club edition of The Guilty Feminist, brought to you by Obsession, an erotic relationship thriller starring Richard Armitage and Charlie Murphy, only on Netflix. And it's been adapted for television by none other than Morgan Lloyd Malcolm, who wrote Amelia, the play, who many of you saw and we banged on about and has just had a tour in Australia. We loved Amelia, the play, and we're very excited for more Morgan Lloyd Malcolm on our screen time. With me to discuss it on this very special Guilty Feminist Culture Club episode is the amazing Sarah Barron. Now, I'm a feminist, but I had a big thing for erotic thrillers like Hand That Rocks the Cradle, I've seen any number of times, Fatal Attraction. I'm I'm sorry, I've seen it a few times, all right? I absolutely love erotic thrillers. What about you? Well, what do you think about loving erotic thrillers makes you not a feminist? Well, it's not that it makes me not a feminist. It's just, I don't know that it's always the most feminist genre because often women are portrayed as psychopaths. Like they come after a man and it's like, poor Michael Douglas. Poor Michael Douglas. All he was doing was cheating on his wife casually and she was out of town and look what happened to him. He just wanted a little piece of side tail and then the poor, poor man... And the poor, poor bunny. And the poor, oh, that poor white bunny, we say this around (laughs) Easter time, had this crazy lady come after him. So of course, right, normally when we think about erotic Mm -hmm. thrillers, we kind of like them because they're a little, Mm. Deborah, you will know this. Do we still use the word trashy or has that gone out of fashion now? Uh, Can we say that? I think we can say it. They can feel a little, tr- we we feel guilty pleasure. Guilty pleasure. That's what we I feel, think. That's, that feels better I am, phrase. I mean, I also, I also like, I'm like, oh, why, why does it have to be guilty to be a pleasure and all of that? But I think the psychological part that always feels fun to me is it's like, you know, this is going to go badly. Mm. You know, this mm. is going to blow up your life. And guess what? You're going to do, it, do anyway. it anyway. And it is such the, it is the thing we all do. Mm. Hopefully not in ways that are that grand, but we all have our tiny little things every day where we're like, I know this is bad, but here I go. It's the, well, I think it's the self-destructiveness of people that's in exactly thrillers. exactly what it is. And maybe that's why it's an I'm a feminist, but for me, it's like, I am going to watch people self-destruct. And I know the messages within it are not necessarily going to be the most feminist ones, but my God, as a human being, I'm compelled. (laughs) Exactly that. Like I like to watch, you know, a favorite of mine was Unfaithful. I don't know if you saw that one. It was with Diane Lane and Richard Gere as her husband. 
and she cheats on him. And part of what's so fun is you watch her give over to these baser instincts of having sex with this like gorgeous younger man. But then you get to watch it all blow up. That's the other thing is that if you, you know, I say this is an old married lady, like it is, it is fun to watch people have incredible sex and then have it ruin their marriage. It's, it's just like a nice... You want to sort of live vicariously through that experience. Mm-hmm. But also maybe learn from it. <laughs> but also maybe learn from it. Um, so Obsession, which we watched this week, uh, we got a sneak peek ahead of time. We're very fancy. We're very fancy. Is a thrilling and seductive limited series about erotic obsession and forbidden desire. And mm. my God, is it forbidden? It is so forbidden. A contemporary adaptation of Josephine Hart's novella titled Damage. It's about an affair that develops between an upstanding surgeon and family man, William, played by Richard Armitage, and his son's fiance, the mysterious Anna Barton, uh, who's played by Happy Valley's Charlie Murphy. So I think it sits somewhere between Dr. Foster and Fifty Shades of Grey. Fifty Shades of Foster. Um, (laughs) uh, As William is drawn into an increasingly dangerous and obsessive spiral, Anna remains convinced that she can sustain both relationships. Why, Anna? Why do you remain convinced? People always think they're special. Anna, you're not special. special. But when the secret inevitably comes to light, the consequences are, and I cannot put this too clearly, devastating for everyone involved. You watched it at your place. I watched it at my place. We've not compared notes deliberately off mic. Can I say quickly as well, thank God we didn't watch it together. There was some conversation that I might come over and we would sit and have a drink and watch together. But it's such a sexy show. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I'm ready to take our friendship to that level of no. sitting and watch, like, watching something that sexy together. Mm. So I think it's good that we were both in our own spaces. It's probably good in our own spaces. And listen, beware. This is definitely something to watch with your partner, a very close friend, but I'm going to go, unless you have a very particular relationship with your mother or father, (laughs) don't watch it with your parents. Can I tell you, I had to sort of, once I worked out what the premise was, which as you explained already, is that a man begins an affair with his son's fiance. I had to sort of get out of my head the idea of my father having an affair with my sister-in-law, which if you knew either of them is... Oh, quite God. funny to think of. And by funny, I mean disgusting. Oh, my God. I hadn't even thought of that. Why would you put that in my head, Listen, Sarah Listen, it's the first place I went. I always try to go to the most bizarre place. Oh, bloody hell. But I thought it was. So you just said you you would watch it with a partner. I sometimes feel like with a very sexual show, mm. I don't want to watch it with my partner. Mm. It's a reminder of how it isn't anymore. Nice. Do you know what I mean? Like, let's just be real. My husband and I have been together for almost 15 years now, so it's it's not the uh, su- forbidden fruit situation. Are anymore. you suggesting that when your husband comes home, you're not in the kitchen wearing a blindfold on your knees? It's possible that we've moved past that <laughs> now that we've been together for 15 years and there is a child involved. So this to me, so this of course, is... if your child is out, I'm not suggesting, you know, I'm suggesting he's at nursery school... And I'll just you just strip, come home, put on a blindfold, and see what happens. And hey, just what if you were doing that? If he came into the kitchen and you were in one of the positions that we might or might not see—no spoilers—but we definitely do in this erotic thriller. I'm picturing it now. What would he, what would his reaction be? Okay, so. If it was cold, if he just came home and there I was, I I think he would call a psychiatrist. I think he'd be like very worried about my (laughs) mental health. But if I'd sent a text Mm. that was like, hey, the kid's wet. How are you? uh," You know, I think a lot of couples who've been together for a while, they have little codes of like, Mm -hmm. 
is tonight our night? This kind of thing. So if I'd preempted him with a text that suggested that that was on the table. Then if you were on the table. And then if I was on, then then I think, again, there would be a lick of nervousness for him to be like, oh, we are... We are going spicy today, but I think he. I think then there would be a level of excitement and a, a less concern for my mental well being. <laughs> <laughs> I. I mean, I. Some of the. Some of the fifty shadesery. Some of let's the be, fifty shadesery, Deb. Fifty shadesery up the wazoo. Um, <laughs> I, so to speak. So I. To speak. I. Um, yeah, I was fascinated by it, and I was trying to figure out the psychology of. Let's be honest, doing your father-in-law. What a damaging. This is what I thought was so interesting about obsession and what it sort of reignites the genre whilst mm-hmm. setting in apart from its predecessors is that it really mixes together some real sexiness, mm-hmm. some real darkness, and then asks all these interesting questions off the back of that mix. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Watch the show alone for how amazing her hair is. <laughs> Her hair is being framed. You got to have quite the face Always to like, frame it in that way. Yes. If you watch it for no other reason, the hair is very chic. Oh, the chic. costumes are very chic. Ooh. I also think Indira Varma is looking incredibly fine oh. in this. And, you know, imagine being married to Indira Varma and looking at anybody else, frankly, but men will be menning. And this, there's this sort of weird connection between the father and the son's girlfriend right at the top that just is like a real chemical thing. And I think sometimes you have a chemical thing with someone where you just go, I don't know why you might not even find that person particularly handsome or beautiful. Although in this case, obviously they're film stars and they are, but it's just like, obviously like a chemical pull. That part, yes, totally get it. But then why doesn't she break up with his son? Why does she say yes to his proposal? And I think the answer is, this is why I love psychological thrills. I think the answer is because the thing that makes this so compelling is the taboo. There's no bigger taboo. This is why I thought the show was so smart and so interesting is that, again, if you think about Fatal Attraction as an example, we know Glenn Close is real crazy, (laughs) but we don't sort of look at why. Mm. Now, the Charlie Murphy character in this, she is not killing boiling rabbits but what we do get into is the why Mm -hmm. and that's what i want show Mm -hmm. me all that great sex between these two gorgeous people Mm -hmm. but then give me the windows into Into their their psyches of how they are the way they are do you have any theories as to why he is the way he is or is it just man because normally we get the man's psyche and we like in fatal attraction we don't get the woman's psyche in this we get the woman's psyche and not the man's psyche, which is, I guess, why we're talking about on The Guilty Feminist. Yes, this is what I thought was sort of the great feminist angle to it, is that he feels very one-dimensional and kind of, I thought, of evil. Whereas <laughs> she, call me crazy, you prioritize your sexual libido over your son, um, but she is the one who is really fleshed out and mm. whose motivations we start to understand and sympathize with. Yes. And I don't know if I'd call him one-dimensional, but I certainly would call him just a walking libido. Like he, we He's don't a, explore yes. his psyche as much as we explore his throbbing libido. Um, it does throb. It does it? throb. It throbs. Yeah. What other films did this remind you of? This is, you know, here we are. We're friends. I can say this to you. I thought the sex scenes were hot. I, I did think they were, and so then I was trying to think like, what was the last? It's been a while since I've watched a film and been like. 
Yeah. And I remember going with a friend of mine. We went to see Mulholland Drive. Oh, I remember that, baby. And we all know where I'm going with this. First of all, in my opinion, one of the greatest films ever made. I I watched it four times. I've Googled it. I've worked out all of the what's a dream, what's real. Mm. But there is a sex scene in it that is so sexy. I identify as a straight woman. He identifies as a gay man. And I was watching it, again, with a close friend being like, this is very, very sexy to be watching with a platonic friend. And I said to him afterwards, I was like, did you find that an incredible turn on? And he was like, oh, yeah. Like, it was the palpable desire. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt that that that, um, that they had some of that to obsession and the way that it was shot and the right. sense, the palpable sense you got mm-hmm. of the character's desire. What about um, you? What did this bring up for you? Okay, a sexy movie. It's not really a thriller, but it had this psychological component to it with Secretary. And I'm oh, quite kinky, so I found that yes. quite hot. Like I found the sort of the build of that. I would be interested to see what I think of it now because that was years before I'd really, I was thought of myself as a feminist, but I engaged with feminism in the way that I have in the last, you know, seven years. So I'd be interested to see what I think of it now. But I remember seeing it and being like, oh my God, like this is so hot. And I think there's some of the Fifty Shades, pre Fifty Shades, that film going on there and about what the sex appeal of submission is and what the sex appeal of pain is and what the sex appeal of discipline is and those kinds of things that I find extremely engaging. And, you know, my line on this is I said I was aroused by it. I didn't say I approved of it. (laughs) Uh, I don't approve of most of what I'm aroused by, if I'm honest. This is the thing. Like, you know, I was going to say, like, this thing can happen where sometimes you're like, this is back in my single days, but you'd find yourself like turned on by someone that you loathed. So it wouldn't, you know, once in a while we all see someone who's like, oh my God, that is a gorgeous person to get to look at. But more often than not, there's like a little free song, mm-hmm. a little, oh, I'm giving you something. You're giving it back. Oh, mm-hmm. it's the, it's that interplay that then spawns a, mm-hmm. a, a bigger attraction. That's sort of what this is uh, about, really. It's that initial spark. You just don't know why. Oh, it's just like they God. just look at each other and it's like, holy McFoley. This is it. And he's been in the press a little bit, like, you know, he's been like high profile and she's like, oh, you're the surgeon who did the, you know, this big operation or whatever. And he's like, yeah. And there's this, just this little spark between them. Yeah. What did you make? And again, we're, we're, we're obviously uh, approaching this from a no spoiler situation. Mm-hmm. So I'm about to discuss the actual very first moment of the entire series mm-hmm. is it's him performing this operation where he mm-hmm. saves two babies. Mm-hmm. What do we make of that? that? That we want to understand him as a good man and a hero before we see the darkness he's capable of? Well, in screenwriting terms, people call that saving the cat because there's a book called oh. Save the Cat. What's Save the Cat? Say you see someone like Tony Soprano and you might think, oh, he's a gangster. He's a bad guy. He kills people. So you just have him early on save a cat from a tree mm-hmm. or from something so that you know that he has empathy, he has heart. He's a good guy at heart. He just he's mixed up in the wrong things or, That's you know, so whatever. And I think so I often see a save the cat moment in a TV show or a, you know, so it's just to say, look, this guy isn't all bad because nobody is. And here's his heroic side. And to be honest, 
because he gets press for this and everyone says he's a hero, it may be the, the thing that stokes the ego that makes him think, this, I deserve this. this I is deserve a little more. What I took I'm from a it was, superhuman. Was, was I'm a superhuman, I'm an egomaniac. Do you remember a first film that made you feel these feelings? Or- well, it's a, you know, it's an interesting thing because I'm sat there as a lady of a certain age watching this and being like, Oh, yeah. And I feel that that sex on I'll I'll stand corrected on this. I feel like these sorts of sex on screen things have mm-hmm. gone out of fashion. So it's been a while. And I was thinking, oh, like the, the first time I remember watching something on a screen and being like, yes, what's this? Yes, please, was the film Grease. <laughs> and it was the scene when um Kinnicky and Rizzo mm. are like making out real hard at the drive-in. Mm. And I just thought, I don't know what they're doing, but it looks very, very fun. So you were really young. It was when you watched seven, that. Well, this is what's so interesting about it. Is I was definitely prepubescent, I bet I would have been seven or eight. Mm-hmm. And you don't know, and you know, my son now is seven, and I can see him watching something and he'll he'll call it like blushy. Like if he see if he somehow sees something or he'll ask about he's heard the song Pretty Woman. Mm-hmm. And he's seen these pretty woman ads in the mm-hmm. in the, you know, and the film Pretty Woman is aged poorly let's mm. say that generously and i'll be like what's pretty what it else it's okay there's there, there's an awareness of or he saw an ad for something that came up on a video game he was playing and he knew he was like mommy mommy this is for grown-up like he could tell it was a sexy oh they haven't been through puberty puberty is still five but, six yeah. seven years away but you know that something's that something's afoot. cooking down there and so he says this is blushy He'll in other say, words, it makes me blush. And he's, you know, he is so sweet. Yeah, he's, he's sweet. very romantic boy. He's he's very we're very clear about consent. But his his best friend is a little girl named Hafsa, and he will say like he has a very nice dynamic with Hafsa's mom. And he said, "I have to tell Hafsa's mommy a secret." And he said, um, "When I am a grown up, I want to take Hafsa." where there are beautiful autumn leaves and ask for her to marry me. Oh. Like he's, he's a real romantic. And where there poor, are beautiful autumn he leaves. He wants autumn leaves to surround them. Oh, my God. And he wants to ask for her hand in marriage. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's just what, what's so interesting to me is how these things mm. are in our bodies mm. before we are sexual. But also he must have seen an image, a romantic image of autumn leaves. He must have seen somebody asking someone to marry them in a show. Yeah, like it, it, so it's sort of, he's combined the feeling plus <laughs> the romance plus the, it's fascinating. Jeff and I got married in the autumn. You know, you just never know sort of what's coming in and, and what it all mm. presents as in a nugget. And why this child has made plans to be in a Hugh Grant film. Yeah, I know. When he's of age. <laughs> Maybe he'll be like a young dad. What I love it. What an adorable situation you find yourself in. I know. Can you imagine another mother who thinks her son is so adorable? Have you ever heard of such a thing? I have never. Have you ever met someone like me before, Deb? It's it's so likely that many (laughs) women will be good enough for him. I think so. (laughs) I know my parents had that to them, and I will have that to myself as well. Um, I also had those feelings about Greece, and Greece frustrated me because there were jokes in it I didn't understand for years. Uh, One of which was she said I skipped a period and I knew that a period at school was a class and so I was like why is she she just bunked off a class like why is she didn't understand that she was pregnant she thought she was pregnant um and the other one was he talks about his 50 cent 
insurance policy, which yes. is a condom. He says, my insurance policy broke and it's like a an old condom in his wallet. And I was like, how can you break an insurance policy? And it took me years to figure those things out. But yeah, it was sexy. But interestingly, it wasn't so much Kaniki for me as as Danny Zuko. Same. It was just Kaniki in that one scene. I relate to good Sandy so much. Like I was super good Sandy and I was sad when she became bad Sandy because I was like, can't good Sandy have a boyfriend? She has to do, she has to, such a terrible message, that film. It's a shocking oh, message. Oh, I know. It's but, terrible. I mean, it is hot. Though. Everything is terrible. And the, but sexy and some great, great tunes. Yeah. And her final costume is the bomb. I, it's a terrible thing <gasps> that she had to wear. None of us will ever recover from how amazing that costume no. was. My, my it, other thought that I wanted to, mm. if there's anything in it, was off the back of sort of these initial moments and the, mm-hmm. um, I, a, a detail... And again, no spoilers. We're discussing first few minutes and the, the way that, that obsession lays the groundwork. Is um, his wife, Indira Varma, mm-hmm. picks him up from work. And they they have, a, I think, a sort of sexy, by old married couple standards, kiss. Mm-hmm. And then she she drives them. She is mm-hmm. the, the literal one behind the wheel. And now that you've introduced this idea of save the cat... Mm. I thought, oh, that's a, like, I just love it if I see a woman driving the car with the man in the passenger seat. It's just these tiny little, little things that sort of upend the usual gender dynamic. And I thought, oh, he's saving babies. Mm. Seems like he might be an egomaniac, but also great. Oh, he's got a sexy age appropriate wife. Who, I like who's that. Who's driving the car. Who's and driving he's, the car. He's like that. Yeah. And, and, it was, you and know, it's this, a low bar, but he's not emasculated by that. Listen, exactly. Like, but we'll take what we can get. We'll take we what we can take get. It. So I like these little things that they kind of drip feed us in the beginning. Before yeah. They yeah. Show us the side. And also his daughter seems quite androgynous. There's not like a sort of expectation of gender conformity in his house either. It feels like a contemporary house it feels like a 2023 version of this. Like there is a film based on this novel as well that has Juliette Binoche and Jeremy Irons in it, which feels very 90s. <laughs> Everybody's posh and white. Uh, it's a very different social scene. And in this, it's a much more interesting contemporary uh, world that we're looking at. But it, what I find fascinating is the obsession remains the same and that seems truthful that, you know, it's 2023, but if you get hung up on somebody to the extent where you can't think about anything else, you can't get on with your working day, you can't be in surgery separating conjoined twins because you're just thinking about her, uh, how sexual appetite and desire can upend your life. Oh my God. Keep your penis in your pants, boys. Is that what we're saying? Mm. But also she does something very cruel. Like she's dating a guy and having really hot S&M style sex with his dad. But what what I thought, you know, there's all this talk now about, as well there should be, mm-hmm. about consent. And then mm-hmm. weird people, sorry, well, you know, we'll talk about like, oh, but you didn't have to use to say to me. It's like, no, there are sexy ways to do consent. Mm-hmm. And I thought that Obsession does this fabulous job in its first episode when they're sort of dancing around each other mm-hmm. of how you make consent extremely sexy mm. and part of the sort of subdom mm-hmm. dynamic about that you were sub-dom, talking about. dom stuff is you have to get consent because you have to say, the, because otherwise you're super, super weird. Right. If somebody went, 
I'm going to make rules for you. You'd have you have to say, okay, I'll go along with that in this context. And she has as much control as he does. It's a very fun, like I don't want to make it sound too serious either. You'll you'll have a good time watching it. It's a fun. Oh, it's yes, a fun yes, romp. Yes. This is not sort of arty ha- art house French cinema. This is like it's soapy. It's fun. It's a romp. It's escapist, which is part of what I thought was so made it so bingeable. You mm. know, you're not like I know I'm supposed to enjoy this, but I'm mm. bored. You're like. This yeah. is a little, yeah. little wild and juicy and fun. Let's do another one. It is. It is. I feel like it's a sort of one that you you need to know what happens next. Oh, my God. So I quite stayed up quite late, I will admit. May I, I be I honest I was going to not. I was going to not. I was going to go, I'm going to watch two episodes and then stop. But I did end up watching it to the end, I admit. When I um, came over to your house today so that we could do this I said hello to your husband and the first thing I said was like oh I was gonna I was my plan had been to like watch one like mm-hmm. the last one this morning and I couldn't like I was like it's mm-hmm. that thing we were like I know I should go to bed but I'm not gonna wait till the morning to find out the next thing that's the thing is once once you've had a twist then it's like I need to know what's on the other side of the twist and it is good for twisty if you're looking God, for a yes. bingeable twist a uh, bingeable twist. If you're looking for a bingeable twist, which, by the way, is also one of the sex moves they pull. Ah, uh, yeah. I, uh, I, I, I think you'll enjoy it. And I thought as well. Well, I'm, I mean, just, just sort of agreeing with you, but I think that I, I would can bug me a lot of, about a lot of television these days is that I don't think things are very well structured. Like the, the plot, give me some plot. Mm. I love good dialogue. We love good dialogue, but also, can I have a really nice bit of plot? Yeah, I think there were enough twists and turns to yeah. keep me interested. Any time where I was feeling like, okay, I get the measure of this, I was like, oh, they're flipping it. And that really uh, kept you on your me, toes. Yeah, kept me on my toes. But ultimately, I do like anything with a flawed female hero. I think the most radical thing that a feminism can say is at the heart of every woman is a human being. Yes. I think it was why Fleabag was so successful. Yes. Is because she was unapologetically femme. She didn't, she wasn't like a man, like, you know, like mm-hmm. not of things now. It's like, we don't want to present women as fragile or vulnerable or difficult, you know, sort of like those femme tropes. So let's have her be a man. And it's like, <laughs> no, but no, we are women and we are flawed and we are libidinous and we are hungry and we are sad and we are angry and we are erratic and irrational, all those things. And we get to be all those human things. And so watching a woman who is a destructor machine is, uh, who doesn't understand herself. Uh, who is consumed by her own sexual desire. That was another thing about this that I thought was so refreshing was like, can we see a woman who really, really, really wants sex? Mm. Who just want, instead of being told the same narrative over mm. and over again, which is that like, women don't like sex as much and men really love it. And what I loved so much about episode one is that we see front and center mm-hmm. this woman who is sexually engaged, who wants control. She takes control. She takes power. The power is in her hands instead of just watching a man do what he wants all the time, mm, which is what I chase, feel is, yeah. is what sort of every precedent of the erotic thriller has shown us. 
It's been really great uh, discussing erotic thrillers with you, the feminist, the not-so-feminist, and the arousing. Uh, who cares? Sometimes you just need a little bit of a va-va-boom in your life and to watch other people be self-destructive so you don't have to. Uh, thank you so much, Sarah Barron, for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I love discussing TV shows with you. You're my favorite person to do that with. Thank you. Please watch Obsession, a four-part erotic thriller only on Netflix. 